Welcome to the Homeschool Sanity Show, your weekly prescription for happier, healthier homeschool living. I'm your host, Dr. Melanie Wilson, Christian psychologist turned homeschooling mother of six. Hey, homeschoolers. The homeschooling parents I talk with are most likely to get panicky when the middle and high school years aren't far off. My discussion today will put your minds at ease. But first, I would love to have you follow me on Instagram at psycho with six. That's the number six. I have recently begun sharing inspirational content there. Inspiration for your faith, getting organized, your parenting, and of course, homeschooling. I am also enjoying having real conversations with you there. Today's guest is Sherry Seligson. I was so excited to talk with her as I'm a fan. Sherry is a 21-year veteran homeschool mom of four children, a degreed marine biologist, researcher, wife, and Christian. Before being promoted to motherhood, Sherry worked as a marine biologist at Walt Disney World's Living Seas, publishing shark behavior research. She has authored Apologia's Exploring Creation with General Science, Marine Biology, and Internships for High School Credit, Instructional Video Courses for Apologia's Science Curricula, and Companion Curricula for Feature Films, including Dolphin Tale and War Horse. An international conference and retreat speaker, Sherry uses transparency, truth, and humor to encourage moms on their homeschool journey and to teach families and students the importance and excitement of studying God's creation. Sherry, thanks so much for joining me for this interview on how we can help our kids transition to middle and high school. I know it's a little bit intimidating for some of the parents that I talk to, but before we jump into that topic, I would love to have you tell us more about you and your family. Sure. Well, I'm glad to be here, Melanie. I, um, I'm a homeschool mom. Uh, we have four children, and we homeschooled them kindergarten through 12th grade all the way through. When we started, I do have to say this little caveat. When we started, I thought, well, I'll try preschool because <laughs> I figured I knew my colors and my numbers and the basics, and I thought I could, and then from that point on, we just would reassess every year um, if what we were going to do until I actually caught that vision that, wow, what we're doing is really the best way to train and educate our children. And so then we just continued from that point on. So, so yes, yeah, so we have, we homeschooled them K through 12, 21 years of homeschooling. They are now all um, college graduates and various uh, careers. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting to see them all different, same parents, same environment, same, you know, everything. And yet they're all very, very different. Um, all able to, you know, complete a sentence and, and tell me the <laughs> nouns and the verbs even today. So something worked, right? That's great. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And before we, um, before we had kids, I worked as a marine biologist at Walt Disney World's Epcot Center. Um, and so that was my, my career. I'm, I'm definitely a geeky scientist person and love science. And I was able to um, write curriculum for Apology Educational Ministries and and just absolutely love science, but I love homeschooling and love encouraging parents in their journey. 
Well, that is so cool. I did not know that you were a marine biologist, and I have um, begun the marine biology course from Apologia, and I didn't even know that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, I know. It's it's um, it's kind of an odd thing being a you know most people don't know really what marine biologists do even. Um, and it was I grew up in Florida and. Always, obviously, love the ocean. That's what most people say when they want to be a marine biologist. And mm-hmm. it's it's a wonderful career. It's definitely not as glamorous as a lot of people think. <laughs> you know, there are many days I would come home from work and pick fish guts out of my hair. You know, not <laughs> glamorous, <laughs> but definitely fun, fascinating, and a great field. So I had that amazing privilege to write that course, and oh. glad you're enjoying it. Oh yeah, well that's fantastic. Okay, well Sherry, what I ask all of my guests who have a history of homeschooling is why they made the choice to homeschool initially. <laughs> and that's such a great question. I'm sure that you get some great responses. For us, we started homeschooling way before it became a well-known thing. Um, back in the day when I started, you know, we would be out in the middle of the day with our kids and at the grocery store and people would, you know, we'd say, well, is it a holiday for school? And we'd say, no, we homeschool. And they'd look at us with this weird expression, is that legal? Um, <laughs> it, it, it was not well-known, but we had um, gotten to know some families in our area that did homeschool and their children just astounded us. I mean, they were young kids, but they were Conversant. I mean, they could have great conversations with adults, with little kids, all ages. They were bright. They were um, interesting to talk with. And it just struck us as um, as an amazing thing. And both my husband and I were products of a public school system. We went to a secular college. And even though we were both believers, it just um, it was something we had not heard of, but we we loved what we saw. And as we began that process, that's what sparked. And we really felt that God was calling us to do this. And I was a little reluctant, felt very, very ill-equipped to do it, mm-hmm. um, and saw this, you know, huge black box of what, how do you teach a child to read? And, and, you know, all of these things, there was not very much curriculum out there at the time, but we felt God was calling us to do it. And so we, um, we took a step of faith mm-hmm. and we started and, and through that process, year by year, plodding along, uh, ups and downs, um, continued all the way through. Mm. Well, that was wonderful. Thank you so much mm-hmm. for sharing that story with me. I could relate to a lot of that. And <laughs> what I specifically wanted to highlight that you said was you thought, well, you know, I can definitely teach preschool. <laughs> <laughs> how hard can that be? And that's exactly what I thought. But <laughs> here's how that's connected to our topic today. I think many homeschooling parents think, okay, well, I can handle preschool. I can handle the early elementary years, but once we get into the middle school years, I am scared. (laughs) I don't know what I'm doing. And so let's talk about that transition to middle school. What are the differences that our kids can expect um, to experience in the middle school years? It's a really good question. I think it's one that we have to have regularly and often because um, even just in the parenting arena, not not let alone homeschooling, but but children, obviously, we all know, mature and their bodies during this um, during this maturation process. It happens during the middle school years, but what's going on in their bodies? As I'm I'm uh, 
I'm actually back in school and I'm, I'm doing educational research and I'm learning so much that makes makes perfect sense but their bodies are going through these transitions their uh, their brains are still developing their their mental changes their physical changes spiritually even they're they're changing because they're becoming um, rather than accepting mom and dad's faith even as um, you know mom and dad believe this is what we do as a family they start asking the harder questions because it's, it's a transition to their faith they're not challenging necessarily but they're asking for themselves because we want them to be to launch out of our home with a um, with a firm foundation in what they believe not what mom and dad believe and we want that transition so we should expect the transition and yet um, all of that happens all at the same time um, through those middle school years even that their their physical development they need more sleep your children will become nocturnal and um, and it's interesting I I uh, you know you wonder in those early years will they ever sleep through the night or will they ever stop waking up at five o'clock in the morning they will and they will continue to sleep until 10 or 11 if you let them every single day but it's not necessarily because they're being lazy it's because their biological processes are requiring more sleep um, for them to grow for them to develop and they're also their 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 body clock changes. I can't tell you how many times during the high school years, um, my children would you know it'd be a ten thirty at night and we'd be going to bed before the kids. Once you get to that point, you know you've got adult kids in your household. When mom and dad go to bed before the kids do, <laughs> and I'd be walking towards the bedroom and I'd hear them, "Hey mom, can we talk about something?" And you knew it was going to be something important or deep and I just wanted to hit the pillow but <laughs> I knew that this was the time they didn't want to talk at 10 o'clock in the morning when I was all bubbly and ready to go they wanted to talk at 10 o'clock at night or 11 o'clock at night and I had to you know let's brew some coffee let's 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 sit down and talk we needed to grab those times because that's the way that's when their bodies are working and so we need to be prepared to expect those changes and embrace those changes because they're becoming their own people which is what we want them to do so so those are some of the transitions that's what's different and of course academically educationally their bodies are changing as well they're able to comprehend more abstract ideas they're able to ask um, harder thinking questions and processing questions and they're able to discover for their own and start taking on some of the responsibilities of their own education and so all of those things we need to to expect and embrace and then figure out how to navigate that through. They're also going to eat a lot. Let me just tell you, if you got boys, oh my, forget saving for college. Save for those high school years. Just bottomless pits will snack between bites. But it's it's all a part of that great process. So we, we really need to um, expect it and embrace it and be prepared for it um, as best as we can, of course. Okay, well, that, that is great. And that is so true. I have five boys, 13 oh. to 22. Oh, wow. Do you have anything in your cupboards? Uh, no, no. And pretty much what I always hear from them is we have no food. We have no food. I know. It's a, oh. And I keep saying, yeah, we do. It's just ingredients. It's not made. <laughs> Thank you. I need you to come and tell them that. That's what I keep saying. I, I keep telling them, cook. You need yeah. to cook, Okay. Oh, my goodness. Well, we don't want to go off on that rabbit trail, I don't think. So, okay, so I love these differences that we can expect to begin seeing in our emerging middle schoolers. So what can we as parents do 
to help them grow into these changes that you've just outlined for us? You know, it's it's there's no magic um, answer to that, except, um, you know, we know they're going to be individual. They're going to develop differently. I had some develop early. I had some develop late. Um, and so they're going to process things differently. But I think that throughout that process, we want to maintain a conversation with them. We want to be available to them. We want to pursue them. So um, being available to talk, giving them opportunity to ask a challenging question, a hard question, a question that they might think mom and dad might be afraid to talk about. You know, why do we believe X, Y, or Z? You know, I don't understand why we, we have to do this. Rather than, you know, receiving, well, we just don't talk about that, or just because I said so, this is the time when because I said so doesn't necessarily work. Um, this is when we, we can even answer, and don't be afraid of this, we can even say, you know, I don't know that, but I believe this, and I've seen this. I mean, we need to be bold in our faith and what we do and what God has called us to do enough to let them question the big things, you know, even, I mean, it, you can be politics. If you've got a child who loves politics, they might start talking to you about what's going on in our, in our culture today, which is just heartbreaking to mm -hmm. me, but we need to be talking about it because let me tell you, parents, they're going to hear it. You know, we want to, I want to bubble wrap my kids and put them away and keep them from all the awful things in the world. But as homeschoolers, we have the beautiful blessing of walking with them through these difficulties, through these issues, helping them process the issues and being there while they process them as well. You know, um, you can say, hey, at 10 o'clock on, you know, Friday, we're going to be discussing this, you know, hot topic because I, I feel like we need to talk about it. And you can do those things. But let me tell you, the best learning comes when they come to you mm -hmm. and say, hey, I read about this or my friend said this that's when their ears are ready to open. And so, you know, the, the time that we have alongside of them as they go through this, by being homeschoolers, by having them home, we enable opportunities for that quality time. You know, I, I, I love talking about the difference between quality time and quantity time. And, and people will say, well, we schedule quality time. And, you know, you sometimes can't do that. Mm -hmm. You have to have lots of quantity time for those quality time moments to pop up in the process as you're going through your days and then grab those moments and say, hey, or if you don't have time at that moment, say, that's a really important thing. We have got to talk about this right now. The baby's crying. I've got, you know, water boiling over the stove. We've got to get out of the house to get so-and-so to practice. But let's talk about this tomorrow at this point or, or schedule that. Make them know that it's important for you to address that topic with them. So talking with them and then giving them small responsibilities. These guys, especially your young men, but young ladies as well, but your young men are going to eventually become household leaders. We want them to be leaders both in the marketplace and in their homes. And they are going, they've got to, they've got to spread their wings and start to do that. But what does that mean when you've got multiple house, potential household leaders living together? living under the authority of mom and dad. And, and, and that's a challenge as they're starting to figure out that dynamic because they want to be leaders. They're, they're designed for that. And so we need to give them responsibilities in small, small quantities, whether it be of their chores, um, even in their, in their academics, you know, give them a subject, maybe one of their subjects they, they enjoy doing or is less that they less hate maybe, um, <laughs> and let them have that and say, here's what y'all would like you to get done by Friday. And you can do it however you want. This is a lesson plan that's set up. 
or this is how I would suggest it, but if it works better for you to do it all on Monday and all on Tuesday and knock it out, go for it. But there needs to be consequences if it doesn't get done by X, Y, or Z and follow through with those consequences. They need to start making mistakes, small failures that they learn from in this time period so that we can help them to develop that ownership and the abilities to know what they can do, what they can't do, figure out what works for them, figure out when their best times are for reading or or any other, you know, what their skills are and structure and help them learn how to do it better each time. So I know it's kind of a long, drawn-out answer, but that's kind of the overarching thing we need to be thinking about during these transition years as they're moving into adulthood. Okay, well, that was great. I definitely have um, done some of these things that you're talking about, um, I would say I'm not, I have not been as good with the consequences if their work isn't completed. Um, so I think that's an excellent reminder that we are, <laughs> you know, giving them the consequences that will come if your child attends an outside class, for example, yes. you know, and yes. I think we'll begin talking about that when we start talking about transitioning to high school. Mm-hmm. Okay, which I would love to do right now. Okay, so <laughs> many of these changes, I think, apply to high school as well. You know, we're going to see that continuing maturity and brain development and spiritual challenges and definitely the sleep. <laughs> I have a completely <laughs> nocturnal house, completely nocturnal. I'm sure you uh, do. Yes. Um, <laughs> my remaining kids at home are 13 to 16. So, uh, yeah, we have that in spades. But what new experiences will a high schooler be likely to have in addition to those? Yeah, and that's that's actually important to understand that the, the transition, when we see middle school years, it's not like a bracketed, okay, you're a middle schooler, this is how you think, and now you're a high schooler, this is how you think. I see the middle school years as the transition time, and mm-hmm. there's still going to be transition. You know, I'm I'm way past my middle school years. I'm still transitioning. You know, we all are. <laughs> and so I have growing pains as well. Um, they're just different. But it's, it's a continual transitioning as they go into the high school years. And so they're moving throughout this process of maturity into more rigorous studies, Um, more abstract ideas that they can comprehend. Their reasoning skills will develop even more. They're able to take the the logic process and understand more what's going on and cause and effect and and all of those bigger ideas, which is why, you know, then they're ready for algebra two and and calculus and all that fun stuff. But it's, they're able to, to embrace that. They're able to physically, emotionally, mentally embrace that kind of thinking. And so, again, we want to, um, help them rise up to that. You know, I, I, and like you mentioned outside classes, I think it's a great thing to give them some outside deadlines, you know, have them take an outside co-op class or an online class. And believe me, I've been, we did this with our kids for some, some courses, some seasons, depending on the years would change, but we were always on time with those outside classes, much Mm -hmm. to the detriment of our classes that we, (laughs) that I was teaching them because those would always get pushed aside Mm -hmm. and, um, and because of the outside deadlines, but that gives them an understanding of this is what the real world's like. And whether they're college directed or not, you know, you, you can only get so many OKs from the government to redo your taxes or turn them in late, right? There's always going to be deadlines. There's going to be deadlines in, in jobs, in, in payments, in, in 
other parts of, of, um, of living as an adult in this world. And we want them to rise up to that. And so I think it's good to give them a broad um, range of experiences as they go through this, um, the high school years. You know, you may say, well, I don't have a science-directed kid or I don't have a creative kid or I don't have a, you know, you kind of know where their, their strengths are. But you also don't know when they're going to completely mature, what else God's got for them. I had one child who was a very slow developer, um, spoke late, walked late, read late. When I say late compared to the national averages, you know, and I would always freak out because oh, he's not reading it. And, 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 and I didn't. And yet I had some wise women who were you know, a couple chapters ahead of me encouraging me and, and you know, t- talking me down off the cliff. And, um, you know, I became at a certain, so at some point I realized I became like an academic um, security blanket for this child. He, he, he wanted me with him whenever he answered questions. He wanted me next to him. And I had four children. I could not do that. They were all within a bracket of six years and they all were, you know, needing things. And I was in that split spinning plates uh, mode and um, I couldn't be with him. And I didn't want, I wanted him to have his own abilities and yet, I did, and he was always wanting to be an engineer, always wanting to do, you know, mechanical stuff, and very strong in that, you know, the Lego builder of the family. And I'm thinking, well, this kid, at this rate, we don't look very college-directed. And I was thinking to myself this. I wasn't going to tell him this, but um, I was thinking that to myself. And yet, 10th grade, something just miraculously happened, and this child just exploded in his abilities. Um and I got this, mom. No, I got this. And I want to dual enroll next year. And I want to take Calc one and Calc two, and and just blossomed. And and now he's working for Johnson and Johnson. He wow. he does mechanical engineering. He has worked on three D printing for prosthetic arms. He he's just doing a bunch of stuff. He's published research research in this this his fields. Um, one is one that saves lives. It has to do with heart valve replacements. And I don't even know this kid. I'm like, <laughs> what happened? And obviously, it was the Lord. It was the Lord doing this, but. All that to say, you don't know what God's got for your children. And so where, where their abilities are, you want to give them the foundation, the, a broad foundation in all these areas so that when God gets them in a direction, they're prepared for it. They don't have to do lots of backtracking. Now, if they have abilities that are not ready to rise up yet, then only give them what they're able to do. But if you know they're good at, at say, writing and they don't love writing, continue to find ways to build their writing skills. Whether you know, be creative. Look for good teachers who love doing it, um, or if they're you know they don't love science, but you know they can do it. Give them that solid foundation, so that if God moves them in that direction, they're prepared. We want to give them a broad expectation. Give them opportunities to do internships. I am a proponent of internships for high homeschoolers. We have a flexibility and schedule. They learn so many on the job, even if it's a career you don't think they ever want to do. The exposure at least might let them know what they don't want to do. But it's going to build so many skills in them as they go through that process. And you can get you can award high school credit for that, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are some of the things we can do. The new experiences, get them involved in an athletic sport, whether they're athletic or not, at least one, at least one, just to be exposed and, and then see how that goes. But we want them to be prepared for whatever God has for them as they move into the adulthood years. Mm-hmm. I think that's excellent, excellent advice. Now, uh, Apologia has an entire book about internships for yes. students, don't they? Can you tell me more about that? Yes, I, I wrote that book. Okay, <laughs> and it was, great. It was a series that was out. It came out of a series of miss. Uh, I don't know. Uh, 
hilarious events through one of my sons who um, just through the process of looking for what he was going to do in, in the future. And, you know, the, I, this is another thing that points to homeschoolers or to high schoolers. Look at what their interests are. Let them develop those interests. Get them opportunities to make a plan for that. And he just was interested in digital design and computer animation. And we were looking online at the local community college and saw that they had an internship program. There were a bunch of companies in the area. And one of them was this really cool company that did three-dimensional projections onto walls and on the floors who are like you step on it or walk by it. And it makes them move in real time. And thought, wow, well, that'd be a really cool company to intern for. And sure enough... Like a week later, I saw that's all I had done. I'd read it with him. We looked online. He came back and said, "Hey, guess what? I got it." And I said, "What did you get?" I got the internship, and I'm just like, you know, processing, processing. What's going on? He walked into that company as a as a 16 year old and asked them if he could get an internship working there. <laughs> I had no clue, and, they, and you know, and so my, you know, I should have been all like, you know, praise worthy. Oh, you did such a great job, you know, going out there for yourself. But what did I say? I said, please tell me you didn't go there looking like that. Because <laughs> <laughs> this child was wearing torn jeans, flip-flops, and a happy, happy face smile shirt. <laughs> I was like, oh. And he didn't have a resume. He just walked in. But the, they, they had just so happened that the woman who was there that was in charge of that said, well, she's here. Why don't you go in and talk to her? She asked him for a resume. He goes, I don't have one. But he, he brought her online and showed her some of the stuff he'd done. He got, her, he got it. And it was just... So I'm like, okay, well, if we're going to do this, I want you to get some credit for this because education's happening. And so we went through the process of how you get one, what's the a proper way to do it, in, you know, not the incorrect way, but the proper way to write a resume as a student, how to document what's being done, how to write about things and, and make it an actual solid, you know, how many hours you need to do to actually count it as a credit. So, yes, yeah, so Apologiet actually publishes that um, that book to help. It's a, it's a workbook that walks students and parents through that process, but you can do it and get high school credit for it. And many times students get paid, which is an even, you know, win-win-win kind of a thing in my opinion. But yeah, that that was a, a really fun season of, of that child doing what he did. And he learned so much from it. It was a great experience. Right. Oh, that's so good. And you're just bringing to mind, there are so many things that we need to help our high schoolers with in this uh, period of time. And, you know, when you're talking about resumes, um, my son has an interview this week. So, mm. you know, he needs help being prepared to yes. be interviewed for a job. Um, what are some other ways that we can help our high schoolers make this transition? I mean, there is so much. I, I feel like we're kind of, you know, trying to eat an elephant uh, one bite at a time here because this is a big, big topic. But what are some yes. of the other ways that we can really um, help our kids make yeah, you that know, smooth transition? I'm glad you used that that analogy of eating the elephant one at a time, one bite at a time, because there were so many times when I just got tired of eating elephant. I'm like, can I have like a <laughs> you know a wildebeest or something? Yeah, this is just the same thing. But honestly, it seems overwhelming. It seems like there's so many things I could do. That sounds good. We should do that. We didn't get to do this or that. And I would just say, step back and pray because I think that, um, we feel like we need to do everything for them. Um, make the, you know, and I, and I did kind of say, give them a broad, um, experience, but not all in one year, you know, throughout their, Mm -hmm. their experience of the high school years and even beyond, um, find out what their interests are, what, where their strengths are. You have been, 
you know them better as a mom or or, or dad than any other um, person. And so you know what they love. You know what they ask for for their birthday present. You know what they will gravitate towards when they're playing with toys when they're younger. And so you see where their um, their strengths are. And you can speak into that. You can help them to plan. You know, if you do enjoy this, this is the next thing we could be looking into doing, you know. Or if you do enjoy that, you know, you probably need to get some volunteer hours because that's going to be college directed and so you need to have volunteer hours. So where can we do that for the purpose of doing what you want to do as a career, for the purpose of exploring, you know, so they have a purpose. When they see that vision of maybe where they want to go, they're willing to do the side things that enable them to get there. And so so we need to walk through that with them. And, you know, I haven't even really touched on academics other than saying, you know, give them um, a good solid foundation in as, as much as they're able to do and get support. Uh, there are so many great places to go to get support. I think, um, you know, local support with co-ops, uh, with co- conferences, um, online support like your podcast, which is a great encourager. There are so many um, amazing resources we have as homeschoolers today to get poured into. And then I would encourage everyone to look for someone you can pour into that's a few chapters behind you. Believe me, that will encourage you in what you're doing moving forward. It will, it will, you, you get so much when we bless others, we get encouraged ourselves. And, and so um, oftentimes we don't think about doing that, but you know, even if you're just a brand new homeschooler, starting with a preschooler or a kindergartner, you've had, you know, four, five, six years of parenting abilities that you can encourage someone a couple years behind you. We all always have someone we can encourage, which then builds and encourages us. And so, I, you know, I say we need to be preparing our children. We need to be preparing ourselves for this season um, of all of those things we can do. But, but develop a plan as they begin to get older, as they get into those high school years, you know, you can look at, well, here's what you might look at for a course load for ninth, 10th, 11th, and 12th grade if you're college directed. Here's what it might look like if you want to dual enroll at the local community college. Here's what it might look like. And if you don't know what it might look like, talk to somebody who's been there. Find out. Get That's where the support comes in. And walk through that with your child. Find out what they love, what they don't love. They may love something or think they love something and discover this is not what I wanted to do. This is not what I thought it was. And that's where things like internships or shadowing really helps them to see what something looks like day to day. It gives them experience and exposure. Um, so I think that's um, some of the best you know, overarching encouragement I can give in those arenas. But I'm happy to talk more about any one of those things <laughs> I mentioned. <laughs> you know, um, I was just sitting here thinking that I think one of the big blessings of these transitions are, um, or one is, um, the happy surprises that you have. Hmm. I, I think it's so fascinating when you learn more about what, you know, thrills your child, what your child is good at. You know, they're as just as surprised as you are, I think. I remember once I had um, my middle school son say, I would really like to go to a shooting range. <laughs> I said, what? <laughs> because he was my most mild-mannered child. And I just, I just couldn't believe it. I said, you want to go and learn how to shoot 
at, at a shooting range. <laughs> he said, yes. And he just did it the one time, but he loved it. And um, the people at the shooting range were like, wow, he did amazingly well. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> that's, oh, that's great. That's um, cool. That was, that was many years ago now, but um, my daughter surprised me by saying, well, I want to take a creative writing class. I said, you do? <laughs> I, had no, I had no idea. And then wow. I was so thrilled with what she had written. And I do think that's one other thing that you, you kind of touched on, but that we just are encouraging. You know, when we see those those hidden gifts being revealed that we encourage and help our kids see that this may be God's gifting for them mm-hmm. and also give them ideas for how they might use that gift. So um, one of my friend's sons who was in the writing class that I was teaching is just an excellent, excellent writer, such a gifted writer but he wants to go to medical school. And so I was telling him, you know, this can be a profoundly rewarding hobby for you. Mm. Just because you want to be a doctor doesn't mean that you can't continue to write and just have joy in writing. And I said, you never know, you know, you could publish some of your work at some point, but I think kids need that, that guidance and direction to know like, what do I do with this gift now that I yes. have it, that I recognize yes. it? That's, that's so important. We can speak into their lives and help them see a vision or possible visions. I, I, my husband's a perfect example for that. He was He's an engineer, and um, a, a structural engineer. And w- as a kid, he built with, you know, tinker toys. And I know I'm dating ourselves, but <laughs> <laughs> all the little building, you know, erector sets and things. And his mom said to him, you are going to be an engineer. She just kept saying that, and it stuck mm-hmm. in his head. And so... Without question, he just decided that's what he was going to do when he got to college. And it's because she saw these skills in him and kept saying that. He has not ever forgotten that. And I don't, you know, that doesn't mean that you can see your kids, you want one of your children to be a doctor and just keep saying it at them and they're going to hope <laughs> to be a doctor. <laughs> but when you see those strengths, like you said, the giftedness, mm-hmm. you can help them see possible careers that might fit those strengths and and give them possible visions for what, um, what they could do with that because obviously they don't necessarily know what all the careers are that are out there mm-hmm. and so you can give them some suggestions to um, of how those skills can be used and you know I want to say one other thing too I, I think we fret that um, we may not be able to get everything our child needs to prepare them for what they want to do whether it be through finances or a class that's not open anymore because it's full or something like that and I, I just really want to encourage um, everyone that you know, God, God will open the doors to the things He wants your kids to have. He, He, He knows what He has for them, and we, that's why we need to be prayerful as we look at all the opportunities and things. Um, one of my kids, this is the one who um, did the digital design thing. He's actually working full time as a professional musician, which I've had to embrace, and I love it. He plays great bluegrass music. He has a definite love and, and skill for music. He took the AP music theory and got a five, which, you know, none of my kids, I mean, just, just this God gifted this child. And yet, you know, I've kept thinking, Lord, can he actually feed my future grandchildren with a career like this? <laughs> but God's been very faithful. And yet during his, um, his 
middle school years, he, he was taking piano lessons and this one amazing thing opened up. All my kids were actually taking piano lessons, but it, it was a local college. They were doing a research project on students composing online using a, a program, computer program. And they were looking for specific kids with specific abilities of a certain age group. And my that child was the only one of my kids that fit that group. And um, so we did that. We prayed about it. He did it. He ended up composing a piece that was um, selected by the Florida Symphony Orchestra to be played. I mean, and this was the kid who was in, at this point, seventh grade. I had no idea what God had for him. But th- that was something he put on his resume, something he could do as he applied to music school and um God opens the doors for your children individually, you know, based on what he's got for them. He knows. So we can't, we don't have to necessarily fret that just, we can't, we aren't going to give the same exact thing to each child because each child's going to be very different and that's okay. So um, we can keep our eyes open. We can speak into their lives to their strengths um, and we can prayerfully, uh, you know, look at all the potential opportunities to choose what's best for that child. So mm-hmm just to encourage you not to be overwhelmed that you're just going to miss something. You're going to do so much more for them in a homeschool arena than they're going to get in a public or private school arena because they've got the flexibility and they've got a proponent, mom and dad, who really want the best for them and have the time to devote to do that. Mm. That is so true. You were just reminding me of a friend of ours who is an ER physician who tells us that when he went to his high school guidance counselor, the counselor said, ah, uh, yeah, you're not going to go to medical school. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you know, just know that wow. even our feeble efforts in the hands of the Lord and his plan can produce so much more fruit than people who don't truly love your child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Well, Sherry, this has been wonderful. I know it has been so encouraging to parents who are anxious about the transitions that they're facing. I hear from them all the time, and I'm always trying to reassure them. And I know that this is going to be just another um, podcast episode that they're going to want to listen to again to to just remind themselves that it's going to be okay. And uh, these are some things that I can do, but I loved your admonition to step back and pray and to trust that God is going to provide the resources that your child needs to succeed and fulfill his plan for them. So I love that. Okay. So where can my listener connect with you online and, and hear more of what you have to share? Well, I, I blog at um, SherrySelligson.com. And um, so my first and last name, and I'm on Facebook. Um, that's usually my Facebook and Instagram are probably my two bigger social media ones where I'm out there. I love connecting with folks on Facebook and Instagram. Facebook would be Sherry Seligson Author. That's my um, author page. And then Instagram is just my first and last name. Twitter as well, first and last name. And also Apologia.com. Um, Apologia is the publisher of uh, many of the, the materials I have produced. We just came out with a general science course this year that I'm super excited about that walks students through that process of transitioning from the elementary curriculum that we have through what it's going to look like for high school. We walk them through how to make a lab report in the text. We walk them through how to do a graph or a table. We walk them through what the history of science. We, it, it's a completely revamped course 
that transitions. It's designed to be done four days a week instead of five. Coming from our two-day-a-week elementary courses, it's, again, a truly transitional course, and that's also at Apologia.com, too. All right. Well, that sounds wonderful. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to share this with us and Um, I would love to chat with you again sometime. There is so much more that we could talk about. (laughs) Anytime. I loved it. Thank you, Melanie. I hope Sherry gave you confidence about helping your kids make the transition to middle and high school. I am an affiliate for Apologia's materials because I use and love them. You can buy their materials through psychowith6.com slash apologia or you can click the links in the show notes at homeschoolsanity.com slash help transition. That's also where you can find out where to connect with Sherry. Join me and my guest next week as we discuss how your high school student can make the most of the high school years. Have a happy homeschool week. Thank you for joining me for the Homeschool Sanity Show. This has been a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.